So what we're moving on to today is the, the other thing I want to pull out um, around this story of Daniel is, is what we're looking at today. It's called the challenge of success. That the story of Daniel and his, and, his, uh, and his friends is quite a roller coaster of different activities and different things that happen. And interestingly, the pursuit of success can often be a natural drive within us as human beings. Um, something that gives us focus, it can give us a purpose um, and often can become a real trigger for happiness in the things that we want to do in our lives. And I think if we're really honest, success feels good. When we succeed at something, it feels good. But there is a flip side. When we succeed, it can often lead to unwanted criticism, sometimes attack, and sometimes even hatred from people because we succeed. We only have to look at the way we build people up and tear them down uh, within, uh, within the kind of um, public world. Uh, we probably take more delight in seeing someone fail than we do succeed, is the reality. Uh, maybe that's just a bit of a British thing, but there is a real temptation to do that. So I suppose the question this morning is, how do we deal with that stuff? How can, we, uh, how can our approach be humble, respectful and honourable to those around us? So if you think about where we were in the last session, we looked at the importance of the balance of compromise, aiming to infiltrate uh, rather than isolate uh, ourselves, but always knowing at what point we need to make a stand. Uh, we talked about effective compromise, how that can lead. If we do it properly, it can lead to greater connection. It can lead to building trust and can lead to, it can lead to greater relationships with people. And the book of, the book of Daniel shows us that balance so well. Uh, how he integrated into society, serving those in power, but knowing when he needed to stand for what he believed. And I suppose what we learn from that is doing that stuff effectively can ultimately lead to opportunity, can lead to opportunity for us to succeed. So what I want to do this morning is, is have a bit of a kind of run through some stories in the book of Daniel um, and look at where we see this stuff in actual, uh, in actual action. Um, and what you see, there's quite an interesting pattern that emerges when you begin to read this book. Um, and it kind of starts, it starts in lots of different places, but it usually features these different elements. Challenge, uh, a challenge for Daniel and his friends, then an opportunity where they have to have courage to either um, say something, speak out or stand up for what they believe. And then often the result of that is success, but then the cycle continues on to attack. So you find you're stuck in this kind of process of, of these constant things happening. And we're going to read through uh, some stories and, and see where that happens. So the first one is Daniel interprets a dream for King Nebuchadnezzar. And what happens just before Daniel does it is all of the mystics and all of the, um, the magicians were asked to interpret dreams. But Nebuchadnezzar wouldn't tell anyone what his dream was. <laughs> He's a real swine. Um, so would you? So he's asking them all to interpret the dreams, and they were all really politely coming. Oh, but King, would you, if you could just tell us a little bit about the dream, then maybe we could interpret it. And he was he was being really stubborn, going, "No, you need to tell me what the dream was and tell me what it means." Um, and Daniel, uh, Daniel. So it, it was quite a treacherous journey for all of these mystics and magicians, and and it probably ended in in severe punishment, prison, or death uh, as a result. But, but Daniel is able to, um, to ask the king some questions, go away, pray about it with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And they, uh, then he goes back and does exactly what the king's asking. 
So this is his first point of proving that 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 he is someone who could be trusted, who can stand uh, above everyone else. So he, he interprets his dream, and what happens is it, it wasn't a great news story. The dream it's quite a, a, a difficult dream to to communicate, and some some bad news in some ways for the king. But Daniel does it faithfully, and as a result, he is um, promoted. He is. Uh, he succeeds in that moment. And it says in Daniel 2, 46 to 49, after this has happened, the king, uh, then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all of its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. So that's the picture of, of where they arrive, having studied diligently, uh, given wise counsel, had courage to speak out and, and um, interpret a dream that was a tricky story to be able to tell. Um, this is where they arrive. They're in these high positions of responsibility. But once they're in that, they're automatically open to the challenge of their success. They're automatically open to this attack. So when we jump forward into the next chapter, Daniel 3, verses 8 to 12, this is what, um, this is what happens. It says here, um, um, I'll just give you a bit of context. I'll just check where I'm at. So some, um, some um, I suppose, what can we call them? Some mystics have gone to the king. Um, and have reminded the king of a law that he set in place for his land. And it says this, Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. Um, and, that, uh, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will, will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. So instantly there's this recognition that, yeah, these people have been promoted to these great positions of responsibility and authority because they're great people. But there's all automatically an opportunity. And we looked at this uh, when we talked about compromise. We looked at this as a story. Um, the challenge for these guys is, are they going to stand up or are they going to compromise in this way? This was their point of no compromise. So even though they succeeded and proved that they were great people, they're then being forced into this position where they're being attacked for the very thing that set them apart in the first place. And sometimes success can feel like that, that we can feel like we've done really well, but automatically our heads are poked above the parapet. And we're there as a bit of a target for people because um, the very thing that you've been acknowledged for can be the thing that people try uh, and criticise you for. But what you see in this story is they stand up for what they believe. They're not prepared to bow to this idol because they said that's our point of no compromise. Um, but interestingly, they then get thrown into the furnace. We know the story. They don't die, even though the soldiers that throw them into the furnace die because it's too hot. Um, they don't die, but their willingness to stand for what they believe and be thrown into the furnace, regardless of what would happen, leads to further success. So they're, they're in this point of attack and challenge. They, they have courage and stand up for what they believe, and it ultimately leads to success. And this is what it says, Daniel three twenty six to 30. 
after all of this event had taken place, then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Then it goes on to talk about how um, Nebuchadnezzar will punish anyone who, who criticises um, the god of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and that he would destroy their houses, everything, really kind. Um, and then it says, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So the, the success is, is challenged. Uh, they have courage. They stand for what they believe. It leads to further success and promotion. So it's this, this cycle of behaviour. You would have thought the first time was enough to prove themselves. So is that not good enough? But no, more attack, more challenge, more, more potential to compromise, standing up. But actually, ultimately, their faith led them uh, to another point of success further on. Further on in the book of Daniel, we see the process happening again. So Daniel um, now interprets a dream for King uh, Belshazzar. Um, so it's the next king after Nebuchadnezzar. Because uh, Daniel's last dream ended up with the downfall of Nebuchadnezzar, which he was prepared to communicate to the king. Belshazzar's then having this similar dilemma of he's got this dream to communicate. He, he needs this dream interpreting, um, but no one will do it for him. So Daniel has to interpret this dream. And the dream is not good news. It ends up with um, Belshazzar's downfall. But he's prepared to have the courage to speak out what is uh, what is needed to be said but what Belshazzar is requiring is honesty is 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 reality he's not requiring someone to sugarcoat the dream he just wants someone to tell him what the dream means so even though the dream is quite negative and difficult and hard for him to hear this is how he responds Daniel 5 29 it says then at Belshazzar's command Daniel was clothed in purple a gold chain was placed around his neck and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. So even though he was the bearer of bad news, because he was honest and real, had courage, he was promoted and risen to this position. But in the next chapter, the attack comes. So he's positioned up, and up to this thing. And, and we know it is the story where um, Daniel's thrown into the lion's den. But the, the lead up to it, um, this is what people say. Daniel 6 verses 3 to 5. Um, this is what the people at the time said. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So further promotion. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him. Because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, will we never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God? And ultimately, the only option they had was to set another trap like they set for Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, where they were forced to not do something for their God. So it was a ban on anyone being allowed to pray to their own gods. Um, and Daniel wasn't prepared to do that. He said, no, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. He left his, his windows and doors open. And he didn't kind of um, do a prayer vigil out in the town square. He went into his room and prayed as he always did. 
but he didn't hide, didn't shut the doors to, to go underground. He carried on and ultimately it ended up with him being uh, thrown to the den of the lions. Uh, king Darius, who's a king at this time, um, uh, he throws him into the den of the lions um, and he's heartbroken to do it because he's the guy who wants to promote Daniel to this position of being the ultimate ruler of the whole nation. But what we see is, I suppose, Daniel as, as a book shows us that success and promotion doesn't make us exempt from criticism. And actual, in actual fact, sometimes what it shows us is that it actually attracts it. And I don't know whether you've ever had that experience where you've succeeded at something and, and, and it feels like actually you're more under attack after succeeding than you were before. And, and sadly, that is sometimes just the way of the world, it appears, which seems quite um, sad. But, but that's what Daniel teaches us, that it doesn't matter in some ways. Um, it doesn't matter how well Daniel and his friends conducted themselves. Um, some people still wanted to see them fail. And the whole challenge of success becomes quite, um, uh, I suppose, a, a, an attitude check and a challenge for each of us. Uh, of how we're going to do that. And, and when, when you read that last bit of Daniel 6, um, they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Um, and the only thing they could find of how could we trip this guy up is to try and compromise his faith. Um, so, so we know success, there is, there's a challenge that comes with every opportunity where we can succeed. Um, and I think, as I just said, there's, there's an attitude, there's a potential attitude check for us because success, and this is what Daniel doesn't do, but success can breed some nasty stuff in each of us uh, when we succeed. And the problem is if we choose to go down that path and we're arrogant or we're wanting, we're demanding praise and acknowledgement for our achievements, that, can only, that, that seemingly only escalates the desire in other people to see us fall. Um, do you know what I mean? That when if we if we respond wrongly to our own success, it it, it increases the number of people who want us to to fail and suffer. So there's a challenge on our attitude. If success is is great, it feels good. It's often the thing we want to pursue, the, the thing we want to go for. But there is a challenge for us in our own attitude towards it. One of the greatest quotes um, I've ever heard is Abraham Lincoln saying this. Nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. And that is, that is a powerful quote. When we think about the first bit, you, you can throw all sorts of curveballs and challenges and difficulties and, and trauma and, and suffering at a person. And, and actually, there's probably loads of us around the room who've got stories of how we've overcome adversity or challenge or difficulty. And, and actually, we have the power to withstand adversity. But actually, if we really want to see the true test of someone, give them power or in this scenario, give them success and see what comes out. And I think that is a huge challenge and a huge trap that we can easily fall into. And one of the reasons it's so difficult is when we fast forward from Daniel's time to now, our society works in a completely different way. Our world is constructed around seeking praise and recognition for everything that we do. And, and a lack of it, a lack of acknowledgement for your success and achievement can sometimes make us feel like we've actually failed. 
even though what we've done, according to the rules, is succeed, we can sometimes feel flat and disappointed in that whole process. Um, Social media has had a huge role to play in this. Um, It's built a system that feeds the whole thing. We can easily become reliant on praise and likes through social media and feel devastated if it's not at the level that we thought it should hit. So if you've not got a certain number of likes, you've not got a certain number of comments or, or people aren't, aren't kind of waxing lyrical about how amazingly you've done something, we can feel more devastated. It doesn't change the fact that we've achieved that or we've succeeded, but the amount of devastation can be, can be like completely transformed by uh, lack of acknowledgement and lack of praise and lack of, of likes within our society at the moment. And that's, that's the kind of system that we live in. We can feel devastated if something doesn't hit the level that we imagined it should do. So, so for me, at this point, the, the challenge of success becomes twofold. Firstly, it's about avoiding the trap of becoming arrogant and boastful when we succeed. OK, that's a clear challenge for us. But secondly, we also face a huge challenge in our observations of the lives of other people. We can grow tired of, of what we perceive to be arrogance and boastful behaviour in other people and almost become those people who want to see someone fail. Do you know what I mean? When, when, when someone um, is just banging on about how great their lives are or how great their kids are, sometimes you look at your own and you'd be like, man, like what's, what's the reality? What's the reality here? And, or, or someone's just... We all know the kind of scenario. We've all seen it where people just talk about how amazing their life is or how everything that they're achieving. Sometimes you sit there and go, man, does anything ever go wrong for you? And, and then there's a strange thing that we, we know it's an issue when there's a strange thing that rises up in each of us that, that almost has that little chuckle when someone then shows a glimmer of weakness when, or a glimmer of, of failure or, or that things aren't going quite right, that there's almost a little mini fist pump where you go, finally, bit of justice. Um, and actually there's something in all of us that, does, that can take an element of delight in that. But to me that is a challenge as well. How can we avoid being the people who want someone to fail so that because we're irritated by their attitude and their boastfulness or their arrogance? Um, And I suppose the the difficulty is how do we then deal with all of this stuff? How do we manage all of this stuff if it's going on around us? And and I think really the challenge for us is, is we need to be people who look to model the correct response in our success but also become people who don't then just automatically feed the animal of what people require to feel like they've succeeded. So if it's about someone getting loads of likes or comments on something that they've achieved, if we just become part of the the mob of people who throw our kind of praise and adoration and likes into that, then actually all we're doing is feeding the animal that's making them... Um, it's giving them that dopamine rush that they need to feel like they actually have value. And it's not to say, actually, what, what do we do then? Should we punish them by not liking anything that they do or not sharing anything that someone does or, or not publicly praising them? Actually, there are so many ways we can actually effectively encourage, love and support someone without it needing to be something that feeds their, their need for public adoration. Um, so it's a case of being clever and effective in the way that we do stuff. And, and actually, it comes back to this whole idea of, 
um, becoming love to everyone. If we can become love to people in the way that we, uh, the way that we respond to our own success, then that's about us being, um, then being humble, respectful, and honouring in the way that we operate. Uh, that we're not requiring those kind of those kind of um, things. It's us avoiding shouting, arrogance, boasting, needing acclaim and praise. We need to act in a way that shows humility, uh, respect, and honour. If we could be those people, then um, we're responsible for our own actions in that moment. So when we succeed, if we're focusing on those kind of things and being aware of other people, it's really important. But with others, when we become love to those people. It's not about, as we said, punishing them by um, slating them or criticising them, uh, avoiding liking what they've achieved. Uh, But actually, maybe it's just about getting in touch with them and sending them a message or or, or doing something that actually is you personally supporting them, caring for them, loving them in that time, rather than us just adding to the whole kind of the, the mob mentality of this is how we let someone know they've done well in life. It's a difficult one. There's no simple answer. But sadly, there is some things that I think make it more complicated. And the world we live in at the minute is, is structured in a way where it feels like there are default ways of us praising someone or acknowledging someone. I read a really interesting thing a while ago that talked about um, the changes in, in society and how nowadays... Um, if someone uh, goes onto social media and likes a charity, then in their mind, that's enough. So click the, the thumbs up button and like a charity, then that's enough for them because they are prepared to be... They, their public association with that charity gives the perception that they are a supporter. So because they've liked the page, everyone knows that I'm a friend of the earth or... I uh, I care about animals, so because because I've liked the page, that's now people. That's now what people see. But what they're finding is people will publicly like something, but they're saying volunteering and financial support is at an all time low because people have got the people have got the association, but they're not necessarily prepared to get their hands dirty or open their wallets. And in a way, it's the same with um, with praise. And a claim for people and support and love and encouragement. If we think that it's enough just to click a thumbs up or a heart on something and that should make someone feel the kind of thing that they need to feel uh, and that should be enough for them to know that I like them and I support them. Actually, that is not relationship. And, and I do feel like in some ways it's not that we've got to kind of bring down the internet <laughs> and destroy social media. Not at all. There's a a place for all that stuff and it's fine. But when we're talking about how do we be love to other people, surely we've got to find a better way than clicking on a heart. And that's, well, I liked it. What's wrong? Like, surely there's a way of actually, like, having someone around for a meal or having coffee with them or, or sending them a message or writing them a letter, whatever it might be. Doing something that acknowledges, if you really appreciate what someone's done, do something that will, that will show them it. Because it's only that way, because I can imagine that if that happened, that the person would focus more on the letter that they received or the text that they received from you than 
than calculating the number of likes and comments they had on something. Because it's, it's about genuine uh, affection, encouragement, support, love. Uh, and it's about honesty. Uh, and actually, if, if we are being genuine and honest and we want to counteract that, that strange desire in us sometimes to see people fall because we're irritated with arrogance, let's not be people who just add to that noise and be people who try and draw their attention away from that and say, and actually do worthwhile, genuine, honest um, kind of love and support of people. So I think the, the challenge is a big one. The challenge of success is a big one in those both ways. And ultimately, we can't control how other people will react to us. That's what we see in Daniel. Uh, and it's quite alarming. By the time Daniel gets further on, just before he's thrown into the lion's den, the fact that they can't find anything to pin on him means he's doing life brilliantly in a completely pagan society, um, serving a God that they don't necessarily um, believe in. Uh, but he's, he's living his life with, with honour uh, and humility and respect. And, and, and even in that moment, he still can't control the way people will react to him. Some people will always look for the worst, but we can always try to give them as little reason as possible and try to be the people who work against the temptation to criticise. That's the reality. So the challenge of success, it's those two things. How are we going to respond when we succeed? What are we going to present to people? What do we require when we succeed in life? There's nothing wrong with pursuing success. But how are we going to respond to that? And then probably the bigger challenge is how do we respond to other people when they succeed? How can we model the person that God is calling us to be? where we show love, kindness, gentleness, respect, honour, all of these kind of things to those people. I think Daniel um, shows, us, uh, shows us the reality of what it looks like in success, that in spite of doing things brilliantly, um, we're still going to get attacked. And it's not that we look for it, but let's be real and honest about it, but actually we've got an opportunity to say, how do we do this? Because even in spite of the attacks, after every attack... Daniel still responds in the right way, comes out on top because of his character and the way he decided to operate in life. So go forward this week and attempt to, um, to best your, uh, your challenges of success in both those ways. Let's just quickly pray. Father God, thank you um, that you love us and that you are really interested in our lives. I pray for each of us as we... Uh, move on from this place today that that this week would be one of uh, success of excitement of positive things happening that that we would see you working um, uh, around us and in our situations but God I pray that you would help us to be people who are so aware of our contribution to this society that we succeed really well um, and we show uh, who you are in the way that we respond to success. But also, God, the way we deal with other people, I pray that you would help us uh, to be people who show genuine love uh, and respect and encouragement and honour to other people. Uh, and help us to find the most effective ways to do that, that will mean the most to people that we know. Um, but also allow us to, to combat that temptation sometimes to slip into the trap of, of criticising or getting irritated. Uh, help us to rise above those things um, and for you to lift our eyes onto greater things than that. So God, just be with us this week. I pray you would 
um, be so present alongside us in our lives that we we really feel you alongside us and that God we we want to bring you on our journey uh, this week that that God I pray that we would we would feel those nudges and that we would um, see you working in our lives amen, amen. cool amen.